Well, this show is definitely not pre-recorded. This is Brian Mary hosting the Servative Hour live on KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. And KZUM is uh, still having its 45th birthday celebration because the birthday was on February 14th, Valentine's Day. And on Valentine's Day, I was delivering heart-shaped pizzas until the last minute before showtime, so I hope I will be a little more relaxed and organized in the presentation this week. Now, folks said that we wouldn't make it this far, referring to KZUM, and look at us now. We know that Lincoln would simply not be the same without KZUM. Through the years, we have learned what it takes an entire community from on-air volunteers to business sponsors and donors to provide Lincoln with vital information, great music, and local perspective. That includes so many different voices. And now KZUM volunteers are producing over 7,000 hours of programming each year. You might not have a lot to give, but if you can do your part and make a contribution, we would be so thankful. Together, we have been able to support 45 years of community media in Lincoln, and that's one terrific legacy to be part of. Uh, you can, If you can make a donation, please do so at kzum.org. And in the thing I was reading from, it says to also call 402-474-5086, extension 1 for the studio. Last week I was saying don't call go to the website, because this is a call-in show, but I would have felt obligated to take your pledge, which meant I would have had to stop talking, put on some music, and it being a talk show. Well, it's just difficult to take pledges on air and still keep it interesting for other people listening, unless, of course, you'd want them to hear me talking out loud as I write down your credit card number, which would not be good. So this week, you're free to call in on the topic or off-topic if there's anything else you think that's important to talk about as far as political, social controversies that the movement that calls itself conservative might be going on about since that's the central organizing principle of this show. So as I said, feel free to call in. I won't ask you what donation you're making. If you want to make a donation go to the website kzum.org. I mentioned the topic. So, the topic is, for this February 21st, 2023, Biden visits Ukraine. Putin puppets furious. Called in to, I called in to an Omaha call-in talk radio right-wing station yesterday and today to really make the same point that Ukraine wasn't all that corrupt because they were saying one of the lies that's told about Ukraine to justify uh, stabbing them in the back and throwing them to Putin is that they're corrupt. And I've heard syndicated and local hosts saying either they're one of the most corrupt nations in the world or they are the most corrupt nation in the world. So yesterday I brought up that with the search for the words... Uh, corruption by nation 
you will have a number of uh, different corruption indexes compiled by a number of different organizations which show that Ukraine is not one of the most corrupt nations in the world or the most corrupt nation in the world. The most corrupt nations are nations like Somalia or South Sudan. But in fact, it's uh, right in the middle between the most and the least corrupt nations. It's about the, at the level of the Philippines. So anyway, as soon as I had made that point and they cut my sound, <clears throat> they were saying, ha, ah, that's so ridiculous. We all know that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations in the world. Oh, it's so corrupt. And Putin saw how corrupt Ukraine was, so he had to come in and put a stop to that. When, if you look at uh, a compilation of uh, you know, corruption by nation, uh, corruption indexes, you'll find that Ukraine, while yes, compared to the rest of the Europe, rest of Europe, and Europe being a generally good government place, well, it's less uh, honest than the rest of Europe, but however, Ukraine is more honest, and uh, Russia is more corrupt. Well, anyway, it'll show that, you know, Ukraine is less corrupt than Russia, and uh, Russia is less corrupt than Iraq, and Iraq is much less corrupt than Afghanistan, where some people seem to feel that we should still be hanging on to parts of that country and investing money in it. So, anyway, as I said, they immediately muted me and then went on with other callers calling in about how the Ukrainians were all Nazis and it's a good thing Russia invaded to blow up those CIA-funded bioweapons labs and all sorts of other nonsense that you get from a Russian newsfeed disguised as, oh, patriotic truckers for America or uh, hippies for natural cures who are against the war or whatever. I'll give some examples of some actual groups in a moment. But I do want to start out with an article from Wonkette.com. And I only have one Wonkette.com article that I'm going to use today. <clears throat> and it is, Biden is in Ukraine and GOP seditionists and Putin apologists think they have something to say about that. This is by Evan Hurst from February 20th, 2023. It's been almost exactly a year since Vladimir Putin's Russia, the enemy of all good people in the world, invaded Ukraine in order to stroke Putin's sick fantasies about making Russia great again. And because it's President's Day, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, decided to make a surprise visit to Ukraine to see Vladimir Zelensky, the President of Ukraine. It makes sense. Zelensky is a hero for democracy and Ukraine is our ally. It's a striking visual. It's incredibly meaningful. <clears throat> and, as you can imagine, the world's vilest people are so angry about it. We're not going to spend a lot of time copying and pasting all the idiot Republicans whining that Biden went to Ukraine and not to East Palestine, Ohio. They themselves are copying and pasting that very original thought because they all read from the same talking points, 
and because pretending to give a, I'll change the word here, give a damn about the town where that derailment happened, is their thing right now. It's boring. Seditionist human wastebasket Marjorie Taylor Greene has had a bunch to say this morning. She is under a lot of mistaken impressions, notions she needs to be disabused from. For instance, that she is considered classy enough to make editorial comments on Zelensky's outfits. That she is an arbiter of what is or is not, quote, insulting to America. <clears throat> and the tweet from Marjorie, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene is as follows. President's Day 2023. Zelensky can't even wear a tie as he greets the President of the United States. He gladly takes our money in sweatshirts and t-shirts, but Biden is dressed up. So insulting. America last. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. After that, I get back to the article. In this one... In this tech, next one, it gets really weird. This person who literally sides with worthless domestic terrorists who tried to overthrow the government thinks she gets to say what, quote, Americans think about Joe Biden. Of course, it's unsurprising that she sneers at, quote, Ukrainians, Ukraine's government and war, unquote. Putin loves it, we are sure. Another tweet from the twit Marjorie Taylor Greene. <clears throat> this is incredibly insulting. Today on our President's Day, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, chose Ukraine over America while forcing the American people to pay for Ukraine's government and war. I cannot express how much Americans hate Joe Biden. Ooh, that shows uh, Zelensky uh, embracing uh, Biden. After those, Green flipped over to her personal Twitter account so she could really get the anti-American seditionist crap going on President's Day. She did tweet. We need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies, we are dot dot dot. And I guess she goes on to something else. She's literally calling for conservative states to secede, for the country to break into pieces. Golly, remember what happened last time the conservatives seceded? <clears throat> Uh, Paste-eating Republican, quote, historians, unquote, like Dinesh D'Souza, can save their comments about, er, actually, the Republicans freed the slaves. All educated people know the parties 100% switched places. Also, she says that, quote, everyone I talk to says this, as if anybody Green talks to is a representative of good and patriotic Americans. And does she realize her own state is voting blue these days and would likely prefer to stick with real America? <clears throat> anyway, enough of her. 
Dumpy little stinker Ron DeSantis was on Fox and Friends this morning, also under the impression that he's got his finger on the pulse of, quote, America, unquote. He said, quote, I and many Americans are thinking to ourselves, okay, he's very concerned about those borders halfway around the world. He's not done anything to secure our own borders here, end quote. We are sure Putin loves how DeSantis is reducing his genocidal war to a border dispute. Bet Ron learned that one from Putin's primo sidepiece, Tucker Carlson. And Aaron Rupar tweets about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis on Fox and Friends on Biden's visit to Ukraine, quote, I and many Americans are thinking to ourselves, okay, he's very concerned about those borders halfway around the world. Okay, it's the same thing being tweeted there. DeSantis paid lip service to criticizing Russia while also suggesting we shouldn't give Ukraine a, quote, blank check, unquote. As if Ukraine is ungrateful and we should tighten the purse strings to teach them who's boss or something. He also, in this clip, managed to crap on our NATO allies, who are indeed worried about Russia invading. But hey, if Republicans think that attacking Joe Biden for supporting democracy is the winning ticket, they are free to give that a try. And Aaron Rupar did a tweet, <coughs> quote, DeSantis downplays the threat Russia poses to other countries, quote, I think it's important to point out, I mean, you know, the fear of Russia going into NATO countries and all that and steamrolling, that has not even come close to happening. Saying, uh, you know, this is, uh, and back to the, the article, this is what is it's going to be. Biden doesn't care about the American border. Biden doesn't care about East Palestine. Biden doesn't care about America. He only cares about Ukraine. Whatever. America's last president tried to extort Ukraine into helping him steal the 2020 election in exchange, for, in exchange for protection from the country that's currently genociding it. That's leading to some interesting juxtapositions as Ukraine welcomes a legitimate American president. And Aaron Mackey tweets, This is the Zelensky advisor who previously had to deal with Rudy Giuliani's insane demand for Ukraine's president to announce a sham investigation of Biden and his son to get anti-tank weapons. And it has a picture of uh, Andrei Yermak shaking hands with uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, in which uh, Andrei says, I'd like to thank the president's NSA Jake Sullivan, with whom we have been working on this vis the visit issue, enjoying cooperation with Jake. It always brings a powerful result. Anyway, Joe Biden is in Ukraine, or he was in Ukraine, he's in Poland now, and good people know that's a good thing. And since President Day is for presidents and mattress sales, we'll let Joe Biden and Volodymyr Zelensky have the last word. All these other seditionist blankheads can get bent. And President Biden did tweet, One year later, Kiev stands, Ukraine stands, democracy stands, America and the world stands with Ukraine. And has a picture there of uh, Joe Biden and Vladimir Zelensky standing there in front of a big church in Ukraine. 
And the topic is Biden visits Ukraine, Putin puppets furious. Phone number is 402-474-5086. And also you can go to the website to donate to KZUM at KZUM.org. But I won't bring that up unless you insist on it on the phone and then too, I will send you to the website because we're here to discuss political social controversies on the Asservative Hour. And now, a song called It's Nothing to Me. Let's see, on uh, January 31st, last time I specifically talked about this uh, Russian colluders topic, the topic was uh, the Russian colluders' plan to get those who accused them of Russian colluding. Which they deny while they're so doing it. As in funneling all the Putin propaganda concerning Ukraine. It's hard for them to deny there's so much evidence that the Team Trump, the Republican Party, and the conservative movement are uh, in a relationship of mutual assistance and shared objectives with uh, Vladimir Putin and various other dictators around the world. The philosophy and ideology of bullyism and thugocracy, the idea that uh, it's not consent of the governed, but uh, money and brute force, which rules the world, and uh, any suggestion contrawise is just silly. There was uh, some news on February 18th, 2023. GOP operative sentenced in scheme to funnel Russian money to Trump campaign. One of many pieces of evidence that, uh, yeah, Team Trump was fully <clears throat> in a relationship of mutual assistance and shared objectives to uh, do such things as shrink the government of the United States, its agencies, its institutions, its uh, foreign involvements to uh, withdraw from pretty much everywhere all at once and uh, hand it over to uh, those with the money and brute force to take it. GOP operative sentenced in scheme to funnel Russian money to Trump campaign, February 18th, 2023, by Sarin Habeshin. <coughs> From Axios.com. A Republican strategist was sentenced Friday to 18 months in prison for his role in helping funnel illegal foreign campaign contributions from a Russian national into former President Trump's uh, 2016 campaign per the Department of Justice. Jesse Benton, a former senior aide to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Rand Paul, Republican Kentucky, orchestrated a scheme to conceal the illegal foreign donation with another GOP political advisor. Benton arranged for the Russian National to attend a political campaign fundraising event and take a photo with Trump, federal prosecutors said. A, the Russian national wired $100,000 to Benton's political consulting firm to make an illegal foreign contribution. 
but Benton allegedly pocketed $75,000 and gave $25,000 to the campaign, falsely identifying himself as the donor. The campaign unknowingly filed reports with the FCC that inaccurately reported Benton as the source of the funds instead of the Russian national, per the Justice Department. <clears throat> and a flashback. Benton, Benton was previously convicted of filing false statements as part of a scheme to funnel money from Ron Paul's 2012 presidential campaign to an influential Iowa politician who backed Paul in the state's presidential caucus. Trump pardoned Benton shortly before leaving office. Well, I guess the Trump pardon doesn't cover all crimes committed everywhere because the GOP operative was sentenced to one and a half years for trying to, for funneling money, Russian money to the Trump campaign. Of course, no collusion. No, no, no. <clears throat> but it's not just the uh, right getting Russian money. You've heard me mention the... Oh, it's time for the station identification. I'll get back to that in a moment. All right, I was just about to mention the horseshoe theory. The idea that the extremes of right and left come together around crazy, like the uh, distant ends of a horseshoe. And I'm talking about, well, such crude terms. Right and left comes, politically speaking, comes from the French Assembly, where the aristocrats would sit on the right and the commoners would sit on the left. Although it's like uh, Humpty Dumpty in... Uh, the Lewis Carroll story said it's uh, words can mean whatever you want them to mean. And Alice saying, no, they can't. And Humpty saying, well, yes, they can. Anyway, the dispute on that goes on. But uh, I'm talking about, oh, leftists who are actually happy to be called leftists and call themselves leftists and not uh, moderate Democrats who the conservative movement calls all of them leftists and communists. Anyway, for those who are actually leftists and proud of the title, <clears throat> DOJ accusing Ru accuses Russian national used St. Pete-based Uhuru movement to spread propaganda. The government accused Alexandri... Lonov of sowing discord and interfering in elections in the U.S., including in St. Petersburg, and that's St. Petersburg, Florida, not St. Petersburg, Russia. And this is from uh, Tampa Bay News, WTSP-TV. And this is from uh, July 29th, 2022, by Andrew Kreitz. St. Petersburg, Florida, a Tampa-based grand jury formerly charged a Russian national with spearheading a multi-year influence campaign using U.S. political groups to spread pro-Russian propaganda and interfere in elections, including those in St. Petersburg. Alexander Viktorovich Lonov, who is a resident of Moscow, faces a charge of conspiring to have U.S. citizens act as illegal agents of the Russian government according to a DOJ news release. 
While not named in the indictment, the FBI confirmed its raid Friday morning at the headquarters of the Uhuru movement in St. Petersburg in connection to the alleged conspiracy. <coughs> the Uhuru House is home to the Uhuru movement, which is part of the African People's Socialist Party, according to the, uh, the Associated Press. The party's website says it aims to unite, quote, African people as one people for liberation, social justice, self-reliance, and economic development. According to the DOJ, Lanov is the founder and president of the Anti-Globalization Movement of Russia, the AGMR, an organization funded by the Russian government. It's alleged that he at least... It's alleged he, at least three other Russian officials, targeted the U.S. from at least December 2014 until March 2022 as part of a foreign malign influence campaign. And uh, U.S. government officials allege Lanoff recruited and used such political groups in Georgia, California, and Florida to provide financial support, publish pro-Russian propaganda, and coordinate action to further Russian interests. The DOJ said Lanov funded an all-expense trip paid, paid trip in May 2015 to Russia for an unidentified leader now believed to be of the Uhuru movement to, quote, communicate on future cooperation between it and the AGMR. End quote. For at least the next seven years, the government alleged Lanov quote, exercised direction and control over senior members of the Florida-based group. <clears throat> Akili Annie, who, and I, who said she's the director of the African People's Socialist Party Department of Agitation and Propaganda, told 10 Tampa Bay the FBI seized her laptop and phone under false pretenses. Agents claimed the government, government was concerned about, quote, our relationship to forces in Russia. And I said, <clears throat> quote, what we know this to really be, one, is a propaganda war that is being waged against Russia every single day throughout the news. The U.S. has a hold on what is being propagated about the war on the defensive war, Russia's defensive war against Ukraine, against world colonial powers, because that's what's happening right now, she said repeating a point previously made by Russian President Vladimir Putin. When, when asked whether the Uhuru movement has relationships with any government, any party in Russia, she said, quote, we are able to have relationships with any forces who can un unite with the anti-colonial struggle, so any force out there in the world that unites with the anti-colonial struggle, we pursue a relationship with unapologetically. The DOJ alleges that senior members of the Florida group knew that Lanov was working on behalf of the Russian government, with one member saying that the AGMR was, quote, a solid institution of Russian politic, and it being an, quote, instrument of the Russian government, did not disturb us, end quote. <clears throat> Let's see. Lanov used his control over the Florida group to spread pro-Russian propaganda under the guise of domestic political organization and to interfere in local elections. Let's see. And uh, the DOJ said, 
Since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Florida group hosted several video conferences with Monov to discuss the war and falsely stated, quote, that anyone who supported Ukraine also supported Nazism and white supremacy. In a report to the FSB, Lonov explained that he had enlisted the Uhuru movement to support Russia in the, quote, information war unleashed by the West. And let's see, they paid for this group to travel to San Francisco, headquarters of social media, to uh, protest the uh, support of Ukraine that social media was making. They would show up at uh, <clears throat> city council meetings to scream at Democrats that they were racist because they didn't support reparations. Anyway, the lesson to this of this is just because someone's flying a left-wing flag doesn't mean they're not a right-wing Nazi. So, uh, But this can be confusing for these uh, useful idiots on the left sometime. For example an outlet on the left, which is always there with uh, passing along uh, conservative movement and Russian propaganda of the pro-Putin-Trump nature. Of course, the Uhura group will have articles like, you know, a Marxist view of Mar-a-Lago, well, well, where they will say, oh, sure, Donald Trump is a bad guy, but it's just like what they did to Martin Luther King when they raided Mar-a-Lago. You know, so that's the way they will defend him. You can tell a uh, you know an, a Russian asset by how often they feel compelled to say that they're not a Russian asset. Hear that all the time, again and again and again while they're being Russian assets. Anyway, from the World Socialist website dot uh, org wsws <coughs> for uh, useful idiots on the left helping out the propaganda of the right. For a search on Putin, what articles come up? Biden's Kiev visit threatens direct U.S. war with Russia. Washington accuses Russia of, quote, crimes against humanity, unquote, to justify escalation of Ukraine war. Warmonger Alexander Vindman to speak at University of Michigan. Let's see what it says here. Vindman is one of the central military political figures involved in promoting, entrenching, and escalating a prolonged and bloody U.S.-NATO war with Russia in Ukraine. Okay. Anyway, it's all about how, uh, yeah, passing along Russian propaganda. However, what happens when the ends of the uh, horseshoe of the far right and the far left come together? And like I was saying, this is for people who are actually proud of calling themselves leftists. And on the right, well, I guess it's become the mainstream of the uh, conservative movement and the Republican Party because they're all sitting there right on the uh, edge of the horseshoe where it comes together around crazy with the far left. And where it came together recently was at a rally in Washington, D.C. called Rage Against the War Machine. So we'll see what the World Socialist website thinks about that in a moment. Okay, this article is great for showing what happens when the pro-Putin far left meets the pro-Putin far right. They both carry the same water, but they carry also different flags and identifying uh, symbols, I would suppose, in uh, dress and fashion, although both dressed for combat, usually. All right. Yeah, love that armed struggle. 
Okay, the Rage Against the War Machine Rally, a reactionary political freak show. And this is from the World Socialist website, which carries so much pro-Putin propaganda, it's just ridiculous. This is by Jacob Cross and Joseph Kishore. The, quote, Rage Against the War Machine, unquote, rally held yesterday in Washington, D.C., was a political freak show attended by a motley crew of several hundred Libertarian Party supporters, neo-fascists, and disoriented and demoralized middle-class individuals without an independent program or perspective. The speeches, many of which were obscenity-laced rants, were pitched to the lowest political level. By the time the event fin finally dribbled to an end, it had left nothing behind but confusion and a bad smell. <clears throat> oh, don't they know their allies? All together now, let's bring down the uh, institutions and agencies and uh, involvements of NATO and the United States and the whole Western world? Oh, anyway. The rally, which was moderated by Angela McCardle of the Libertarian Party and Nick Branna of the, quote, People's Party, unquote, was sold as an opportunity by the organizers and the speakers to, quote, bring together the left and right to oppose war, unquote. In fact, there was no left-wing perspective. The political direction was provided entirely by the right What's the difference? Okay. So, Brian, get on with the article. Even on its own terms, the event was an organizational fiasco with a turnout of approximately 750 to 1,000 people at most, despite being promoted on Fox News by Tucker Carlson and other right-wing outlets. The rally featured no less than three speakers from organizations affiliated with the late fascist and anti-Semitic cult leader Lyndon LaRouche, including his wife, Helga Zepp LaRouche. A platform was also provided for Jason Hinkle, a fascist proponent of, quote, MAGA communism, unquote, and Jordan Page, who wrote the Oath Keepers anthem. Page gave an extended, quote, musical, unquote, interlude with far-right anti-vaccine advocate and Bitcoin enthusiast, Titania Moroz. <coughs> The Libertarian Party provided the main political line of the rally with the buildup of speakers, concluding with Libertarian candidate Ron Paul McCart Ron Paul, and period. McCardle and the Mrs. Caucus, of which she is a member, is closely associated with the efforts of the Libertarians to orient to right-wing militia groups. And that's the quote Mrs. Caucus, unquote. The continuous ranting of the reactionary tropes of right-wing populism gave the event a distinctly anti-Semitic slant. One speaker after the march to the White House declared that the conflict was, quote, a Zionist war against the Slavic people, end quote. McArdle, who promoted the rally last week on Infowars, run by the fascist conspiracist Alex Jones, has invited and defended anti-Semitic speakers to Libertarian Party events. Pacifist journalist and author Chris Hedges, having evolved politically from warning of the fascist threat in the United States to promoting the unity of left and right, opened the event with a sermon intended to provide benediction for the speakers who would follow. Hedges, along with Max Blumenthal of the Gray Zone, Jill Stein of the Green Party, <clears throat> and comedian Jimmy Dore and a few others were there to give a progressive gloss to the, quote, 
left-right coalition, unquote, and legitimized the extreme right. Their principal message was that unity with the fantastic fascistic right was permissible and should be actively pursued. Those who oppose collaboration with the right are viewed as political enemies. The visceral hostility to opponents of, quote, left-right unity, unquote, was recorded in various video clips of Hedges and Blumenthal in conversations before the start of the rally, denouncing the World Socialist website. This anger against the defensive principled socialist politics erupted in the speech of Dorr. He devoted most of his remarks to a thinly veiled denunciation of the World Socialist website for opposing unity with the fascists. In the case of Dorr, alliance with the right is not only a tactic, it is an expression of his own political views. Dorr advanced the position of the far right on the COVID-19 pandemic, denouncing public health measures and vaccines. At one point, he declared that, quote, they want me to hate my neighbor for the pain I am feeling because of that, because they wouldn't take a vaccine that didn't work the way they said it did in the first place. Blanking place, he added, eat boosters, you mother blankers. <clears throat> At one point, Dorr bizarrely asked, quote, Why are we sending that money to Nazis in Ukraine when we could be funding Nazis here in America struggling to buy eggs? End quote. Hey, there is a rally, uh, a rallying cry for you. <laughs> uh, support for the ruling class policy of mass infection, promoted most aggressively by the far right but adopted in essence by the Biden administration, was present throughout the rally. Several denounced the, quote, medical industrial complex and downplayed the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has killed over 1.14 million people in the United States. In an indication of the political outlook of those attending the rally, the largest cheers were for Dorr and Ron Paul, including many who cheered for both. <clears throat> and let's see, it continues on here. Paul ended his speech with a call for an end to all, quote, regulations, i.e. minimum wage, Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid, child labor and workplace safety laws that bankrupt the country, end quote. Individuals linked to the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, and who participated in former President Donald Trump's failed coup were in attendance. Local journalist Molly Conger photographed Matthew Heimsbach, the leading neo-Nazi who helped organize the 2017 rally in Charlottesville. In a podcast prior to the Unite the Right rally, Helmbach called for the extermination of the, quote, of, quote, the international Jew and the local Jew. I don't care if he runs a blanking bagel shop. He's got to go. Conger also photographed Proud Boy Randy Ireland wearing a shirt with the phrase, quote, justice for J6 a reference to the small number of individuals who were imprisoned for participating in Trump's failed coup. Perhaps the biggest fraud of all was that the rally was an, quote, anti-war, unquote, event, whatever the denunciations of the, quote, military-industrial complex and the, quote, war machine, the main impact of the rally was to politically legitimize and elevate far-right forces that are utilized by sections of the ruling class itself. Anyway, World Socialist website, can't you just unite with the right, left and right together, to 
rage against the war machine and for Vladimir Putin, I guess they just can't see that they're all singing the same song off the same page in harmony. Well, okay, now uh, I think that to know what's going on, it really helps to look at Sputnik News, sputniknews.com. Sputnik News, it's sort of like Newsmax, while uh, Russia Today is sort of like Fox News. So, Sputnik Today, to know who really has the best chance in the uh, Republican primaries, well, whoever they campaign for with uh, millions of bots and trolls has a distinct advantage over those who they campaign against with millions of bots and trolls and local and syndicated talk show, radio, and uh, media video personalities of the conservative movement. Anyway, so what do you think about Ron DeSantis? see here's an article from uh november 11th 2022 mega disruptor or neocon plant who is ron DeSantis? should we go down to where they talk about him being a neocon plant here we are <clears throat> mega disruptor or neocon plant Amid his status as a rising star among Republicans, a potential challenger to Trump for the Republican nomination in 2024, DeSantis has not matched the former president on one issue important to many observers of American politics, foreign policy. Ooh. Okay. So it accuses him of joining hawkish Republicans like Nikki Haley and Ted Cruz in, and... Uh, and how DeSantis has taken neocon stances on other global hotspots, too. Ooh, okay. As other MAGA Republicans have slammed Biden Democrats and neocon members of their own party for sending tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine while ignoring domestic issues, DeSantis has remained curiously silent on the matter notwithstanding his natural, national stature as Trump's potential replacement. Well, actually, he's gone on to say more about how, yeah, he uh, would, would cut them off while giving a little lip service to supporting. Okay, then on Nikki Haley, what they think is a Nikki Haley's 2024 bid could, quote, Mike Pompeo in a skirt win hearts and minds of GOP voters, in which they call her a... Uh, neocon globalist war hawk so and they really hate Nia, nikki haley so she doesn't have a chance now who do they love who do they love well when you put in trump's name it has the article from today called trump says his call he says he'd call putin and Zelensky to hammer out ukraine peace deal on election night if re-elected and this is from 15 hours ago from sputnik news and The former president has repeatedly claimed that the escalation of the Ukraine crisis into a full-blown Russian-NATO proxy conflict wouldn't have happened under his watch and has urged the Biden administration to avoid escalating tensions with Moscow. And to show just how much they love Trump, final headline, Russia starts testing its new Trump heavy drone. That's right, they've got a heavy drone that they've called the Trump 
It's from Sputnik News. The maiden flight of the Trump drone, which was designed to implement both military and civilian tasks, is expected to take place in April. And that's an acronym for Transport Aviational Transport Aviation Multifunctional Platform, or the Trump Drone. Anyway, this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and donate to KZUM. Good night to you all.